you for listening to another inspiring message from the Movement Church. To find out more about the Movement Church, you can check out our website at theocmovement.com or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The OC Movement. And uh, this whole series is about the church. And the crazy part about this is that the church isn't obviously the walls of the kaleidoscope theater. It's you and me. We are the church. And that's why we say so often that church is about so much more than attending. It's about belonging. This series is called I Belong. And we said that on purpose, not you belong. Because we wanted, when you read that, that you would read I Belong. And so we've been unpacking what that means. What does it mean to belong to a church and be a part of a church? And Megan, my wife, kick-started us off uh, week one and just killed it, just brought the house down. And uh, last week, uh, we talked a little bit more about uh, being loved so that we can love. She talked about being planted. I believe she had a kumquat plant, and she, she killed it. It's affectionately dead. I thought I could resuscitate it, but no, it's dead. All the leaves have fallen off, so if you're, you know, love trees, don't come to my house. It's the bad, bad news bears. But... Uh, Last week we talked about how I'm loved so that I can love. And today we're going to kind of go into week three. And the title of my message is Built to Build. If you're taking notes, write that down. Built to Build. If you're not taking notes, we are judging you and you're probably not going to heaven. So everybody has a phone. You can pull that out. We're going to read some great scripture today. And I'm going to give you some thoughts. And my hope would be that you just open your ears to hear what the Holy Spirit has to say. Because he's talking all the time. Uh, It's not some weird thing where he parts the clouds like in Monty Python and then the trumpets come out and nothing like that. It's just sometimes he just kind of, it's an impression in our heart, in our spirit, in our knower, if you will. And and in fact, our hope and prayer is that today as you're listening, that the Holy Spirit will kind of start, you know, tapping on the shoulder and say, hey, that's for you. And then you get to disregard everything else and just kind of tune into what God's doing. But my, my only request and my only challenge to you would be, why don't you today just for 35 minutes or so be open to what God wants to do in your heart? Can we do that? Awesome. Let me read a scripture to you. I'm excited about it. It's found in Ephesians chapter 2, and I'm reading from the message paraphrase. I, I love it. I use it, th- this passage and this paraphrase all the time, and, and I believe that we can find some simple truths for you and for me. So check this out. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 22. It says this, the Messiah has made things up between us so that we are now together on this, both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall we used to keep each other at, dis- at a distance. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being. And we're not talking about like zombies or robots here. Just bear with me. We'll talk about this in a minute. He created a new kind of human being. It's actually you and me. A fresh start for everybody. Christ brought us through or brought us together through his death on the cross. The cross got us to embrace and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. He treated us as equals and so made us equals through him. We both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. 
This kingdom of faith is now your home country. You're no longer strangers or outsiders. Check this part out. This next verse says this. You belong here with as much right to the name Christian as anyone. God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here and what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone, with Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all of the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day, a holy temple built by God with Shamu on the wall, all of us built into it, a temple in which God is quite at home, built to build. Let's pray. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes? God, we just thank you that you're here. And and God, our prayer is that you would move in our lives over the next few moments. We didn't come here just to leave. We didn't come here just to go to lunch afterwards. We came here so that you can do whatever it is that you want to do in our lives. So no matter where we've come from, no matter what our faith background is, no matter the struggles that we walked into this building with today, the challenges and the frustrations, God, we just set it all aside for a few moments. And we ask that you show up in the amazing way that only you can, knowing exactly where each of us are. And speak to us, God, exactly where we are. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, that was so good. That was a good amen. Amen. Well, listen, I, I want to share a couple thoughts with you in relation to being built to build. I, I, uh, my wife and I are actually, I, we're, my wife and I are, are 35. Actually, she's about 17 years older than me. She's my cougar. And I'm proud of it. No, she's just a year older. But she was two grades older, which is a big deal when I was a sophomore in high school and she was a senior, you're welcome. I could drop the mic and walk away with that. But uh, now she just gets mad when I remind her of her age. But it was amazing over the last few years how, how much I realized that we are definitely getting old. And, and the reason I know that is, is there's, a, there's many things. Uh, number one, the hair that was on my chest is now connecting to my back. That's a key indicator that I'm getting old. And that's just challenging, guys. That's just... I'm sorry, we're a transparent church. If, if you don't like that, you, we'll, maybe we'll help you find another church later. The other thing is, I wish that the hair would just kind of grow to my forehead because my forehead has turned to a six head. That's why I've shaved my head. My hairline is, I've got like three or four stragglers. I thought at one point my hairline was growing lower, but no, those were just the survivors. I don't know what happened to it. The other thing is, man, I'd love to go home. Like, that's one of my favorite things to do. I don't want to go out on Friday nights. I want to sit in my house. It's a, anybody else like that? And listen, I'm an extrovert. I like to be around people, but there ain't nothing like sitting on my couch with my family. I love it. You know what else I know is that I love, not, not just like, but with a passion, I love to go to Costco with my wife. I love it. It is amazing. It's exciting. She goes the wrong way in the store. She goes food first and then to the fun stuff, so it's kind of a bummer, but we've just trained ourselves. You should always go through TVs and then the random crap on the left side, right? You don't know what it is. Fly swatters, power washers, at surfboards, it could be anything. I think, you know, you, don't, you can buy homes in there and mattresses and dry erase boards, and I look at all of them. Anybody else do that? Yes? And then you make your way to the sample tables. Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. And I will circle a sample table four or five times. You know what my favorite one is? Toast. 
I love toast. I feel like it's the most, it's the greatest American pastime, butter on toasted bread. Can I get an amen? Yeah. I just realized, man, we're just getting old. And every once in a while, my wife and I, uh, we, we, would go, we try to get away every, you know, about seven weeks or so, just get away for a couple of days and uh, we, you know, kind of give our kids enough food to make it for a couple of days and hope they're all right when we get, I'm kidding. Uh, we, we just like to get away and just kind of be a couple and breathe in just a little bit of just nothing. And we go to, you know, a nice hotel and, uh, and so we try to just do that every once in a while. And we've gone to one of our favorite hotels up in L.A. and, you know, it's a, about a 14-story hotel and we have an amazing room with a window and a view and, and we walk in and throw our bags down just to spend two days away. And immediately, both of us ended up on the windowsill bed, watching for about 45 minutes these guys build a crane. And we were just mesmerized. We even held hands like, this is the greatest date ever. It was fantastic. And what was interesting about this process is it's like when you're a kid and somebody comes over to fix something in your house. You kind of sit there. These guys, I think, do this. We just sit there by the plumber or the guy building something and just watch and, and see the whole thing. And so we just sat and we watched these guys build a crane that was going to build a building. And what was interesting about this is they actually had a crane that was building a crane. And on the secondary crane were about 10 guys building this secondary crane to build another crane which was going to continue to build a building and it was mesmerizing we just watched for 45 minutes to an hour and a half as a crane built a crane to build a building as they put pieces together we're talking a crane that was massive with huge foundational blocks and weights that weighed hundreds and thousands of tons of pounds i don't know but that may be an exaggeration but You get the idea. And as we sat there watching this take place, it dawned on us how crazy is it that they brought a crane in to build a crane to build a building. And what's interesting about that is that God uses people to build a church to build people. And that's the passage of scripture that we just read. Now, now I know you're immediately thinking of somebody else that I'm talking about, but I'm talking specifically to you. Not the person sitting next to you, not a pastor on staff. I'm talking to you, that God built you to build. Just like a crane that builds a crane that builds a building. Are you tracking with me? I want to unpack this scripture over the next 25 minutes or so. And just see what God's trying to say to you and to me. And and it's interesting, when you read a passage of scripture, and, and, and this is great for me because I always want to know the why. When I grew up, my dad, would he was a very strict very authoritative, six foot, you know, four and a half, massive dude. And when he said, do this, you didn't ask a question. You didn't take another breath. You did it, right? If you came to him and said, why, he, would, he wouldn't even say, because I said so. He would just look at you with death looks. And you knew, because he said so. And so inside of me, it created this, I need to know why. Anyone else like that in here? Well, what God does through the scripture, more often than not, as he's giving us instruction or painting a picture for you and me, he more often than not unpacks the why. And that's what he's about to do in this passage of scripture. Let's just kind of break this apart and see how we can identify that we are built to build like a crane building a crane to build a building. Ephesians chapter 2, let's just start with the first couple passages we just read. Verses 14 through 15 says this. The Messiah has made things up between us so that we're now together on this. 
both non-Jewish outsiders and Jewish insiders. He tore down the wall that used to keep each other at a distance. What's interesting about this is many of you in here probably have never been a part of a Jewish temple. You may not have any Jewish heritage in you whatsoever. But this is being written to people like you and me, people who fit into a camp that say, I am a Christ follower. If you're here today and you're not sure where you fit on that, that's cool. You're welcome to be here as long as you want. And this is not really necessarily pertaining to you. get a hall pass to see what God's talking to Christians about. So he says, listen, he brought us together and he tore down the wall that separated the Jews from what would be called the Gentiles, those that did not belong. Or we could say Christians from non-Christians. And what's interesting about the history of the temple where they would go and worship is that on the outer courts, they had what was called the court of Gentiles. And there literally was a wall built up between them so that the Gentiles could come and potentially worship or more importantly buy and sell goods there. And the Jews could be completely isolated from them, completely separated. So here they build a house where God lives and they say, no, only the real spiritual ones on this side and everybody else over here. And what's interesting is that I've grown up in the church for my whole life. And I've seen this take place. We created Christian everything. Christian schools, Christian music, crappy Christian movies. I'm kidding, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's been some that have come along and you're like, okay, I'll actually watch that. The rest are like, whenever Kirk Cameron's in it, you're just like, I'm not sure. I'm not, I don't know. Nicolas Cage left behind. He's still acting. We all thought he had passed away, okay? So you're just thinking, man, we've made Christian everything. Christian t-shirts, Christian pants, and then the Christians, which, hey, unfortunately, some of us get lumped into this, started realizing that some organizations stood for horrible things, so then the Christians not only only wore Christian clothing, Christian bracelets, and Christian music, and Christian movies, and Christian cars, but we stopped going to anything that wasn't Christian. So what do we do? We built a wall. We isolated ourselves. Now, I'm not saying there's problems with Christian music or Christian movies, or Christian t-shirts. But when it's used as an isolating factor, what are we saying to the world? Oh, no, 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 we, we're better. No, 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 we actually know what real music sounds like. <laughs> I'm kidding. We actually know the truth, and you don't, so we're going to draw a line in the sand and build a wall. And this passage of scripture says that Jesus tore down the wall. And here's the challenge that for so many Christians, the pendulum can swing the other way too. So we go all the way Christian everything, Christian food, Christian, we love Chick-fil-A and we love uh, In-N-Out because it's got a scripture on the cup and we'll sip it and hold it up so people can see it. Woo, read it. You're going to go to heaven, read it, right? And we love that. And then as, as America does, the pendulum needs to swing because we've got people like me who grow up in that environment and we're like, no, it's okay if we listen to Coldplay. They're not demonic and going to hell. And, and the problem, y'all have no clue what I'm talking about, do you? You've been spared much. You're welcome. The pendulum will swing the opposite direction. And then the problem is that there is no differentiating factor in my life as a Christian and everybody else regardless of their faith. And this is as equally problematic. Why? Because are we called to be better than? No. 
We're called to bring hope and life and that the fruit of my life represents something that is different. The way, the truth, and the life, which is Jesus, right? And that's what the scripture is saying is that Jesus tore down the wall so that the pendulum can neither swing right or swing left, but that we can come together on this thing. You see what I'm saying? Can you smell what I'm cooking? And you guys are awake. I'm going to preach crazy today. Listen to this next passage of scripture. He repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Now, what he's not saying is that he came and disregarded the Old Testament. Listen, long-term Christian. What he's saying is he came to fulfill the law, saying that, look, you guys added things to the law that God didn't even put there in the first place. Let me show you what this looks like. So he repealed the law code that had become so clogged with fine print and footnotes that it hindered more than it helped. Then he started over. Instead of continuing with two groups of people separated by centuries of animosity and suspicion, he created a new kind of human being. A fresh start for everyone. What does that mean? That Jesus brought everyone together and said all are equal. Like we talked about last week. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, you are loved. He brought everything and said no one is disqualified Regardless of ethnicity, regardless of their heritage, regardless of their past, everyone is covered by what Jesus did on the cross. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief, you are loved. Look at this next passage of scripture, verse 16. says this, Christ brought us together. Through his death on the cross, the cross got us to embrace, and that was the end of the hostility. Christ came and preached peace to you outsiders and peace to us insiders. Now the writer is writing to a predominantly Jewish group and a smaller sect of those that would be on the outside. So he's still not separating. He's saying, hey, Christ preached peace to all of us. He treated us as equals and made us equals through him. We both share the same spirit and have equal access to the Father. He's saying, God, remove the barriers. Everyone is loved. And not only that, but God wants instant connection with everyone. And what you may not know is in the temple, everything was designed around how far you could go into the temple based upon your holiness level. So there's multiple aspects of the temple, and the greatest place was called the Holy of Holies. And in this portion of the temple, only the high priest, so kind of like the Pope, only the high priest, just somebody did, just did, nominated or appointed by the church through the, the power of what God is saying could go into the Holy of Holies only once a year. And he wore jingle bells on the bottom of his tunic because if he wasn't holy, God would kill him. Dang. Man, we're talking, this is insane. And he represented the whole nation. Jesus died on the cross and the Bible says that the veil that separated the Holy of Holies was ripped from the top to the bottom. He lowered and destroyed the wall. What is that saying? You may not know church history, but that's irrelevant. Here's all that to say this. That at the cross, Jesus made a way where all of us have equal access to God. So that means that you know, we can go to him and say, God, I'm struggling. And he's like, it's okay, I'm walking with you. 
We can go to him and say, man, God, I'm so thankful for this. He's like, man, I'm going to keep blessing you. When you hear people say, God just spoke to me, well, very rarely is it somebody going, hey, Carrie, this is what I, no, it's just an impression in your heart. Why? Because we have access to the Father. Everyone. Everyone. It's available to all. It's not weird. Listen, people are weird. God is not weird. If you've ever experienced anything weird, it's not God. It's probably people. We have some weird people here, so just give us, be patient with us. You know what I'm saying? He, God wants connection with us. But listen, he doesn't just stop there. Let's move on to verse 19. It says this. That's plain enough, isn't it? You're no longer wandering exiles. This kingdom of faith is your new home country. So he's saying Jesus did a work on the cross, destroyed the wall, the veil was ripped. All of us have equal access. It doesn't matter if you're Jew or Gentile. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief. And now he's saying, hey, if you say, man, you know, God, I give you my life, you have access to this, and you are no longer wandering aimlessly, but this kingdom of faith is your new home country, only this kingdom isn't built of walls and gates and windows and houses and homes. This kingdom of faith is people. It's people. It doesn't matter where we meet for the duration of the life of this church. People are what make the church. Hey, guys, our goal isn't to get in a building. Our goal is to reach people. Why? Because that's who we are. And God's doing something inside. Jesus is painting a picture through Paul right now saying, look at what it is that I'm doing to you and through you. Just get ready. It's going to get better. Listen to the passage. You are no longer strangers or outsiders, but what? You belong here with as much right to the name of Christian as anyone else. You belong here. God paints a picture of doing a work inside of each of us. You belong here. If you don't hear anything else today, can I just tell you, man, from the bottom of my heart, I just want you to know, you belong here. Welcome home. Whether you never call the movement church your permanent home for the rest of your life, I don't care. I think there's a better plan, but I don't care. You're, you're welcome home. You're, we have a place for you. We'll save you a seat. No matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your beliefs, you have a home here. You need to know that. You belong. God is doing a work inside of people who just simply say, God, I give you my life. God wants to continue to do a work in us, but we're not just being built for the sake of being built. We're built so that we can build, like a crane that builds a crane that builds a building. Check out this next passage of scripture. God is building a home. He's using all of us, irrespective of how we got here, in what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for foundation, and now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. I love that. God is building a home, and he's using us all, regardless of how we got here. It doesn't matter. He's at work. He is the master builder. He is doing something unique and amazing in your life, regardless of how you got here, brick by brick, stone by stone. My question is this, what type of building project are you today? What type of building project are you today? There are many different types. Sometimes there's brand new construction. 
where people come in and they clear the land and they mark out the foundation and they pour the slab and they begin this process so many of you might be brand new into the process of this construction. Where maybe you're brand new to saying yes to Jesus or brand new to church and God is building something fresh in your life. What type of building project are you? Because listen, all of us are under construction. All of us are under construction. We say it a little differently at time to time. All of us are just a little bit jacked up, aren't we? We just want to work on getting better. Another type of construction method is renovation. When you take an existing property, not too long ago, they came in and removed all the old, nasty, velvety chairs and brought in these luxury chairs that you want to sleep in while I'm preaching. That's why I yell so you wake up. I can't see you, so if you're napping now, somebody slap them. It's okay. Renovation is taking an existing what a structure, a home or a theater, and coming in and upgrading it. Taking out the old and bringing in the new. Removing the things that were once okay, but now they're just not okay anymore. In our home, we still have the same cabinet doors from 1986 when our condo was built. And they are dilapidated. Sometimes you're very scared to open them. It's like, is this going to be okay? It just like falls to pieces, right? You know, that was probably a great cabinet in 1986, but now it's not going to, we'll just take some Ikea be fine. Are you tracking And some of us in our lives, there are things that we've been holding on to, walking through, living our life by. And it's time to let God remove that and bring something new in. What type of construction project are you? Are you brand new construction? Are you renovation? Then there's another kind of construction, remediation, right? You ever ever had water just blow up in your house and pour down the walls? And then what do you have to do? You just cover it up real quickly and hope nobody says it. No. You call those guys that rip your walls apart and bring in those big blower fans and you got to move out because there's black mold and you're going to get the black lung papa. It's going to be bad. You're welcome. What, what do you have to do? You have to go in and you have to scrape out all the mold. In fact, Leviticus talks about this. Back in, 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 in the earlier ages of the, of the Jewish faith, the, there's actually a passage of scripture that tells you how to deal with the mold and and a priest would come to your house and they would examine this mold on a patch of the wall. Or sometimes they would call it a leprosy. And they would scrape out the patch and remove it from the house. And nobody could stay there. And then the priest would come back in seven days. And if the mold had grown back, then they would tear out an entire chunk of the wall and the stone and the mortar and the pitch. And remove it from the home. And nobody could live there anymore. And for, at least for seven days. And the priest would come back after a period of seven to fourteen days. And if the mold existed... Then the priest would tear down the house completely and start over from scratch. And they would come back together as a community and rebuild the home. Look at me in the eye. Some of us in this room are brand new construction sites where God has just begun to work. Some of us may have been following Jesus for a long time. And it's time to just do some renovation. You're not perfect. You're not set. What are the things that God needs to adjust or remove or change in your life? And some of us are in that remediation stage. Where we've got some filth, some corruption, some mold that's begun to grow. We've got to scrape it out and re-examine. And if it's still there, scrape it out again. And re-examine. If it's still there, we're going to tear down the house and start over new. But notice the community of people are what help rebuild that. Hey, look at me. It doesn't matter where you're at in the construction process. You belong here. God is building you. He's building you. 
You know what's interesting about the temple when it was first built? Solomon, who is one of the great kings, the son of David, is the one who is tasked and called and ordained to build the temple. And if you don't know church history or that doesn't even matter, but let me just tell you this amazing story. And literally, they believe that Solomon spent anywhere from one to two billion dollars to build the house of God. I mean, they went to every extent, every length that they could go to build this place. Because they wanted to create a home for God to come and reside where people could come and experience him. And what's interesting about this is they would quarry the stones and the bricks miles and miles away from the actual side of the temple. They didn't want a hammer or a chisel or an axe to be heard where the house of God was because of reverence. But then the stonemasons would go out to the quarry and they would intricately, creatively, uniquely design each specific stone, then come back and take, oh, this stone belongs here, and that stone belongs there, and we're going to fit in brick by brick by brick, and they knew where every stone belonged, perfectly, uniquely designed by the master builder. And that's exactly what God is doing with you and with me. He's been crafting your life for years, depending on how old you are. Some of you decades, crafting your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, and shaping and molding you like a master builder saying, man, I have something perfectly planned for this. I've got a a great idea. And so many times we look at ourselves and we see the chips in that stone, or we see the imperfections, or we see the disqualifiers, but remember what the scripture said, that Jesus removed the wall so that all are equal. There are none disqualified. All have equal access to what God is doing. And this master builder has been uniquely designing you specifically for years. Why? Just so he could have a perfectly shaped stone or brick? No. That's just foolish, isn't it? It would be like owning a crane company but never hiring out a crane. We have these awesome cranes. They can lift tons of weight. In fact, it would be really good to help you build that building. But we're going to let them sit here in the lot because I don't want to get them dirty. I mean, do you see how clean they are? Super clean. Everything's all right. We're fine. It's foolish, isn't it? So God has been building whether your new construction, renovation, or remediation, shaping you, your life, your heart, your emotions, your strengths, and your weaknesses. Look at what the scripture says. God is building a home. He's using us all, irrespective of how we got here. In what he is building. He used the apostles and the prophets for the foundation. Listen. And now he's using you. Fitting you in brick by brick. Stone by stone. Perfectly shaped. Perfectly organized. Perfectly positioned. With all of your hurts, habits, and hang-ups. Specifically for this time to build a church which builds people because the church isn't a building it's people how do you think God is building us who do you think he uses 
to help us identify the things that need to be removed. And more importantly, to know how to walk through the process of removing the things that need to be removed. Who does God use to build community so that we can walk through life and when we face the darkest hour, we can actually make it because someone is there? Who does that? The church. And it doesn't happen via osmosis accidentally, people. It takes intentionality. And you know what the craziest part is? God chose you. Sometimes I wonder why he chose you, but he did. And God chose me. So what part do you play? Listen, this is not a spectator sport. Eternity hangs in the balance. 2.7 million people outside the doors of this church who probably don't know who Jesus is and the hope that he offers. And God chose you to change that. What part do you play? Or are you just letting the crane sit in the lot unused? Are you allowing disqualifiers to prevent you from being used by God to fit in brick by brick and stone by stone? Because my scripture, the Bible that I read, says that there are no disqualifiers. That all are equal. That no matter your story, no matter your past, no matter your belief that you belong, what part do you play? What part do you play? Attending isn't playing a part. That's being built. And you're built to build. So where are you building people? Who are you helping build? Well, I'm building my family. Congratulations, that's bare minimum. What? Well, yeah, God gave you those kids. He expects nothing less. What? That spouse. Well, I'm going to be a good husband. Yeah, you better be. You better be a good husband. And who are you also helping build? Pastor Kerry, this sounds ridiculous. Well, read the Bible. Who, who's God called to build? People got real quiet today. Who are you helping build? What are you, here's a better question. What's the excuse you're hiding behind? What is the excuse? Time? Manage your time better. Disqualifiers? Well, come hang out with me and you'll really realize how disqualified I am and you'll feel right at home. I don't know where to fit. Well, we'll help you with that. We'll help you with that. What are the excuses? I mean, how long will we just sit behind Jesus' work at the cross and do nothing with our life? Thank you, God, for sending your only son to die the most wretched death that I can experience life and life more abundantly so that I can do bare minimum. Now, I love you. I love everybody here. I do. I feel like Joel Osteen. I love everyone. And I love Joel Osteen too. I love you. But you know what? I love you enough to tell you to get in the freaking game. You're built to build. Life comes alive when you're helping build someone else. If you're jacked up, we'll put you with someone more jacked up. So it's okay. You'll be all right. If you're perfect, then we'll, that's the jacked up person we'll assign to the really jacked up people. We're good. Like, it's all right. What part do you play? If you don't know, stop making excuses. Stop it. Stop making excuses and find a place to build people. Maybe some of you, it's being on a worship team. And for many of you, it's not. I, I stand by you. I hear you saying Maybe for many of you, you just love working with kids and, and they're right across the hallway just waiting for an adult to speak life.
life is doing. Maybe for many of you, it's the behind the scenes. You love to run errands or do data entry. Great. Maybe you love tech and technology and like Napoleon Dynamite's brother. And they're right back here, just ready to rock and roll. And maybe you're an amazing photographer like Attila who's taking footage right now and, and you're going to help us boost our social media platform. Why? So that we can look really cool? Heck no. We don't care about that. We want to reach the people who are outside the walls. Are you tracking? Maybe you're really good with film and editing and, and actually filming. Or maybe you're great on the other side of the camera. We'll tell you if you are or aren't. And, and it, it doesn't matter. Where, where, are you, where are you building? Where are you building? Where are you building? Is this a, like a push for the dream team? No, it's a push for your purpose. I mean, my God. A crane that built a crane to build a building. That's exactly how God designed us. And it, there are no disqualifiers, only excuses. And man, I don't want to be the guy who gets to heaven and says, God, I was a good husband and a good father. And then him go, okay, and? I just didn't have enough time. Man, it's a bummer because there's people on your street and that came to that church and they needed your story. But God, I'm jacked up and so are they and they needed you and you weren't there. I don't want to be that guy. I sure as hell, I'm not sure as hell, I promise it is it. I sure hope. <laughs> Let's redact that from the podcast. I sure hope. You're all awake now. I sure hope you feel the same way. And can forgive me for almost cussing from the pulpit. I love Jesus. I may curse a little, but I love Jesus. I told you I'm a little jacked up. Doesn't that cover it all? Where are you building? Where are you building? Where are you building? No excuses. Where are you building? You're built to build. You're built to build. You belong. And you help creating, create an atmosphere where others can belong. So what do you do today? If you don't know where to start, you can text the word TEST to our phone number. It won't be on the screen yet, but it will be up here later. You can stop by the hub. You can reach any of our pastors. If someone has a lanyard, they'll help you. Don't make an excuse. Well, I've got to get out of here early. You're built to build. He's using you. He's fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. I love the last passage of Scripture. Now he's using you, fitting you in brick by brick, stone by stone. With Christ Jesus as the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. That just means that when we're weak, he's strong. When we don't know what to do, he does. When we mess up, he'll fix it. He's the cornerstone that holds all the parts together. We see it taking shape day after day. A holy temple built by God. All of us built into it. A temple in which God is quite at home. And folks, look at me in the eyes. If we can help build a church where God is quite at home, then when people walk in off the streets, regardless of their anything, if they experience the presence of God, that changes lives. Not eloquent speak, not almost cursing from the pulpit, not amazing music by our worship team, but the presence of God. That's the role we get to play. Hey, think of the privilege and the honor it is that God chose you. Some of you may be struggling with that concept 
because you feel a disconnect between you and God and you're not really sure where you stand or, or where you even fit with him, let alone in a church. When I say God chose you, you're thinking, really? You don't even know. I've struggled with every aspect of faith and every connection to God and I just don't even know if it's possible. And I just gotta tell you, it doesn't matter what you think or believe, God still chose you. And life is gonna be challenging until you make that connection. And here's the crazy thing, making that connection has little to do with attending a church. It has nothing to do with church membership. It has nothing to do with righting all the wrongs. It just starts by simply saying yes to Jesus. That's how you make that connection. And if you've never made that connection in just a moment, I'm gonna give you a chance to do that. I'm not gonna embarrass you. You don't have to get out of your seat. You don't even have to move, but I'm gonna pray a prayer. And if that's you in your own heart, just repeat this prayer, make that connection and start brand new, like that new construction. It's that simple. Life doesn't get perfect, but that's when life gets good. You allow God to work on the rest. And some of us in this room are in that place of construction for renovation. And maybe some of us have shut the doors or the walls and the windows to who God is. And we've been running or drifting from God. And today is your day to come back. When I pray that prayer, look me in the eyes. If that's you, just right where you're at, would you just reconfirm that with him? Just right where you're seated. Would you close your eyes and bow your head just for a moment? If you're here and you've never prayed this prayer, today's the day to come back. Just in your own heart, in the best way you know how. Just repeat this prayer after me. Just say, God, I know that you're real. I know that you love me. I know you've given me purpose. God, I've got sin in my life. I'm not perfect by any means. But thank you for giving me an option through Jesus. Would you forgive me? It's all across this room, heads bowed, eyes closed. Just repeat this phrase after me. Just say, Jesus, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. If you prayed that prayer with us today, we are so excited to be a part of this journey with you. Would you email us at info at theocmovement.com? And if you're not in the area, we would love to help you find another life-giving church near you. Send us an email at info at theocmovement.com and we'll get back to you shortly. Thank you again for listening to another inspiring message from The Movement Church.